Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about meniscus tears. Now, I don't know about you folks, but seasonally it seems like these things can really pop up on you depending on what athletes are are doing. My daughter's a soccer player, basketball player, and tennis player, and she just got through her soccer season unscathed, but there are a lot of people out there who tore their ACLs and menisci this year, and it's quite unfortunate. It happens quite often. One of the things I want to do today is talk about how do we make identifying these a little bit easier for you, Okay. And they can be a little bit tricky sometimes because uh, they can look like other problems. And so what I want to talk today about is, number one, you know, what, what is the meniscus made out of and how, how does it function? Is it important or not? And um, how do you take care of this? How do you identify? How do you take care of it? So first thing I want to talk about are the two different types of cartilage in your knee. The first type is hyaline cartilage, which is that nice glossy surface that covers your femur, covers your tibia, and um, it's really nice and smooth and glossy, you know, like when you're 18 years old, uh, something I haven't seen in a long time, so uh, mine is probably starting to break down a little bit. And then you have fibrocartilage, which is what your meniscus is made out of, and that is a little more flexible, uh, it's more fibrous, it can tear fairly easily, and um, can be somewhat problematic but it also really helps to build conformity to your knee so that your femur sits on this flat surface of the tibia a little bit better kind of like a cup and a saucer around it. it helps to give it some external support it also helps to give some secondary restraint to the knee so not only do your ACL, PCL, MCL, LCL give real static stability to your knee your meniscus can also help give some conformity there and give you some secondary restraint and give you stability. So it is very, very important. Okay, They've found that having a meniscus there can really decrease your risk of having future arthritis. People who've had full meniscectomies in the past developed arthritis really, really quickly in their knees. And so the more meniscus you can keep in there, the better. All right. Now, the outer third of your meniscus has some blood flow to it, and an injury of that should be identified early, sent to orthopedics, and if you're the right age and all the right components fall into place, you're in good health, repairing these can, can happen. Now, we don't see too many repairs in, uh, in physical therapy just because the population of people we see in northern Maine um, usually is from 20 years old to 60 years old, and, and when they tear them, uh, they don't repair them. They try to trim them out and try to do like a partial meniscectomy and try to save as much as they can. And um, the other thing you should know is that the medial meniscus is more commonly torn than the lateral meniscus, and that's because it's more firmly attached uh, to the medial capsule and MCL. So you'll see that a little bit more often than your lateral meniscus tear. So what are some of the common signs and symptoms of a meniscus tear? Well, usually, and this is coming from experience, and I've seen a huge number of meniscus tears. Number one, I find the most helpful, and I know this sounds strange, but tenderness along the medial and or lateral joint line is what I find to be one of the best indicators of somebody who has a meniscus tear. Now, identifying that joint line is important, okay? So uh, if you ever uh, come to one of my courses uh, on uh, knee evaluations, 
we're going to break this down. We're going to draw out where this joint line is. We're going to find it because a lot of people have a hard time finding it. And we're going to really identify where the anterior and uh, posterior aspect of the uh, joint line is because that's important in identifying maybe which part of the meniscus is torn. Number two, you're going to find this patient might have some joint line fullness. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that they have a significant amount of effusion in the knee, although that's quite common with meniscus tears because it's an intra-articular structure. It's going to bleed inside the joint and it's going to cause some effusion. All right, But you'll also notice along that joint line that there's going to be a little puffiness, a little fullness to, per se if you poke on it, and that's quite common. The other thing that you'll find is that people will have difficulty when you push them to the end range of extension and or the end range of flexion. So if they have a lot of pain while going into extension, it's more likely to be an anterior meniscal horn problem. And if they have pain with extremes of flexion, um, that's more of a posterior horn issue. So it's important that you kind of take it easy on patients when they come into your office and you ask them to bend or straighten out their knee. And if you give them overpressure and it's too hard, you could really cause some injury and a lot of pain, the patient will be miserable with you and not very happy. So be gentle when you give overpressure into flexion or extension when assessing that. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is uh, the patient's posture when they walk. Okay, Kind of like an ACL, these patients will walk with a little more of a flexed knee gait because if they have effusion in the knee, they're going to be in that loose pack position. They're going to try to stabilize a little bit more. There's going to be a little bit of flexion there. They also like to be quite rigid. So if you notice when they walk and they turn, they're going to take many little steps. They don't like to pivot on that foot. So that's quite common. The other thing you're going to find is usually a positive brush test with these folks. And if you check on the show notes today, uh, click on uh, some of the videos if you download it. And uh, those links will take you over to videos and show you a nice brush test. But a brush test is quite common with people with meniscus tears because the meniscus is inside the joint. When it bleeds, it causes an effusion. Okay. The other test that I like to do is kind of like a modified McMurray's test. That really stresses the meniscus medially and laterally. If it causes pain and or a clicking, snapping type sensation, then that's a positive McMurray's test. I do a modification of the McMurray's, so check that out on my YouTube channel at OrthoValPal, and I'll show you how I like to do that, and uh, it has been really, really successful for me. The other thing is you want to ask if the patient has any pain or popping while they're uh, standing, and especially if they're weight-bearing and twisting the knee. Okay, so um, a Thessaly's test is also uh, a positive test for a meniscal tear where you have the patient stand, you have you hold their hands, and you have them kind of twist a little bit while they're weight-bearing on that leg. They can have pain or snapping, and that can cause reproduction of a meniscal tear or a, a reproduction of the pain. And so that's also a positive test, and you can check that out also on our uh, YouTube channel. Now, what do you do with these folks with meniscus tears? Okay. The research shows that not all meniscus tears require surgery. And many people in the past would have a meniscus tear, have an arthroscopy, have a meniscus tear, have arthroscopy. And they're finding now that you don't necessarily have to do that. That at 12 months, people do just as well in therapy as they do after a, an arthroscopy for a partial meniscectomy. So what I recommend is if the knee is not locked, um, I would try to treat this conservatively. Get rid of swelling, optimize the quad contractibility, see if you can regain motion and stability when they're walking and try to regain normal gait. If the patient is in significant pain and or the knee is locking, 
they need to go right over to orthopedics, uh, orthopedics because they're probably going to need surgery and have to have a meniscectomy uh, and or some sort of management to help decrease their pain. So that's important. And non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can also help to decrease effusion. I like to use compression braces or sleeves to help move that fluid out of that knee and or to prevent it from building up, especially like when you wake up in the morning and your swelling isn't too bad because you've been laying flat all night. Uh, put a brace on or a sleeve and try to keep that compressed and that way it doesn't swell as much. If you don't have as much swelling, you don't have as much quadricep shutdown. And so remember that's super, super important because chronic swelling in the knee can cause long-term knee problems and we don't want that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about bracing. I occasionally see people come in with hinged braces for meniscus tears. You need to remember this. Your meniscus is agitated, irritated, and stressed when most of the time when you are weight-bearing and twisting. So if you think about it, there really isn't a good brace out there that prevents the femur from twisting on the tibia significantly, and there is really no brace out there that takes a load off of the tibiofemoral joint to offload that meniscus. So I'm not a big advocate of bracing these patients with a, a double hinge brace or anything like that. I like to use a sleeve. It gives a lot of proprioceptive feedback and it also compresses to get rid of some of that swelling. So I, I like doing that. So, um, and then you want to make sure these people are not, you know, deep knee squatting. They're not doing a lot of twisting. You really don't want a, a recurrence of uh, that issue. And uh, oftentimes these folks will get better with a little conservative management. So if you have any questions about meniscus tears, Check us out at uh, orthoevalpal.com and um, if you want to get the outline to these show notes so that you can download it and get to some of the videos of the uh, special tests that I like to use for meniscus tears, go to orthoevalpal.com forward slash 008 and please feel free to uh, jump over to iTunes, leave us a review, ask us any questions you might have on our website and uh, we'd be more than happy to get back to you and post anything or uh, maybe even do a podcast relating to an, a topic that you're interested in. So again, thank you for listening, and I really appreciate your time. My name is Paul Markey. Have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.